Okay, we'd like to welcome you to part two of our weekly current event and Bible study for August 29th, 2007. And uh, we're going to just continue where we left off here uh, with the last one. And we're going to now, we're going to look at this issue in regard to the the uh, government training the clergy to quell dissent during martial law. We're going to look at this issue from another perspective here. Now this is from... Um, uh, Prison Planet, and uh, Paul Joseph Watson. This is reporting about that same particular news event. The, the shocking uh, KSLA 12 news report confirms the story we broke last year. Pastors to cite Romans 13 as the reason for the public to obey government orders, relinquish guns, and to be taken to camps during the state of emergency. So the shocking KSLA news report has confirmed the story we first broke last year. Uh, that the clergy response teams are trained by the federal government to quell dissent and to pacify citizens to obey the government in the event of a declaration of martial law. In May of 2006, we exposed the existence of a nationwide FEMA program. We're going to talk about that more. Which is training pastors and other religious representatives to become secret police enforcers who teach their congregations to obey the government in preparation for the implementation of martial law property and firearm seizures, mass vaccination programs, and forced relocation. Do you know they can force vaccinate you now? According to Project uh, BioShield that President signed uh, two or three years back, they can, they can force vaccinate you now. And they don't even have to tell you what they're giving you. I mean, where does it end as far as obeying the law? If it violates every single human right you have and violates the Bible in every single way, where, who do we obey? God or man? Uh, Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will obey the Lord. That's where, that, where God's going to force you in a position where you're going to have to make that decision. And it's probably going to be very soon. And most people are going to think, oh, well, I am obeying the Lord because I'm obeying Romans 13. And it doesn't matter what they tell me to do, I'm just going to do it. Well, what if all that they're telling you to do is anti-biblical, is against the Bible? God is not the author of confusion. It is better to obey God than man, remember. And the Word of God is our standard. So, you're going to have to make up your mind pretty soon. Wouldn't you want to err on the side of safety? Don't you think it would be erring on the side of safety to go by the Bible, as opposed to man? Do you think they really have your best interests at heart? All the stuff that we're talking about, martial law, forced uh, you know, concentration camps, forced vaccination, you're telling me they have your best interests at heart, and you should just go along with that? Oh, okay. Well, you must be reading a different Bible than me. A whistleblower who was secretly enrolled into a program told us that the feds were clandestinely recruiting religious leaders to help implement homeland security directives in anticipation of a potential bioterrorist attack, any natural disaster, or a nationally declared emergency. And this would also be like avian flu. Now, I've got a whole DVD that I've done on avian flu, and probably next week, I'm hoping, or a week after that, I will have my PowerPoint presentation in a PDF format. And you'll be able to, I'm going to go through and document a lot of this stuff, and you'll actually be able to go through the slides in the PDF as I'm talking and follow me that way. I can't really archive it any other way at this point, um, other than if you buy the, um, the DVD, you can get it off Cutting Edge. It's called Avion Flu Killer of Millions. You can go to cuttingedge.org and get it. Uh, if you do get it, email me because I need to send you a disclaimer. Okay, 
uh, before you get it. So anyway, the first government-led directive was for pastors to preach their, to their congregations. Romans. This was the government-led directive. The government is telling the church to preach and hammer Romans 13. And again, if they were looking closely at Romans 13, which we're going to do in a little bit here, but they're not. They're not looking at it. They're just basically doing a, sum, a gloss over of Romans 13 and saying, okay, just obey the government. doesn't matter what they tell us. How, how asinine is that? The often taken out of context Bible passage, which is Romans 13, that Hitler used to hoodwink Christians into supporting him in order to teach them to obey the government. When Marshall, hey, it worked for Hitler. Romans 13 isn't bad, but it has to be rightly divided. The Bible says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's what we got to do. But we're not doing that when it comes to Romans 13 in regard to the standard uh, message that's being put out by the churches. It was related to pastors that quarantines, martial law, forced relocation were a problem for state authorities when enforcing federal mandates due to the, quote, cowboy mentality of citizens standing up for their property and Second Amendment rights. Oh, how dare they? How, how dare we stand up for our Second Amendment rights and our, and our property? How dare? We're, we're just evil people, evidently. The new, the new World Order via Satan has every right to rule and reign over us, right? I don't think so. The Bible says, greater is he that is in thee than he that is in the world. The Bible also says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Jesus, uh, the Lord said, call upon, me, then, um, call upon me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. We're supposed to call upon God. So this cowboy mentality of these people who want to defend their land and their livestock also from seizure. I mean, how dare they? It was stressed that pastors needed to preach subservience to the authorities ahead of time in preparation for the roundups to make it clear to the congregation that this was for their own good. What roundups? Well, the, round, the, the red and blue list roundup. They, they had the same thing um, basically in Hitler's day. Come, come ahead of time, round you up. The clergy will be all behind it. The, the, the pastors will be the first one to sell you out, probably. And they'll put you on a uh, boxcar, special boxcar. I've got some pictures of these boxcars. With, you know, 120 shackles in the boxcars. There's, uh, there's also been said there's guillotines at both ends. Chop off your head, anybody gets out of line. Then they take you to the camp and they exterminate you. That's what they're planning. It's well documented. There's 600 plus of these concentration camps empty across America. I have a whole teaching we've done on this. Okay, Now again, I'm not just going to end it there and say, yeah, you're going to die. No. Jesus Christ is on the throne. He's perfectly capable of protecting you. But do you have the faith to believe that he can do that? Or are you going to go around in abject fear of man, because that's what I just described, fear of man. The Bible says the fear of man bringeth a snare. So don't be, don't be afraid. Fear God, who's able to destroy both body and soul and cast them into hell. That's what Jesus Christ said. Now that's some hard preaching, I just said. But that's who we're supposed to fear. And have faith that Jesus Christ can protect you. But also to pray, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done, as Jesus Christ did in the Garden of Gethsemane. So no matter what happens, he's still, ha he's still going to get us through it. 
But we have to have the faith to believe that. Well, why are you so keen on faith? Because the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It also says without faith it is impossible to please God. What was one of the reasons that, that uh, David was a man after God's own heart? What was one of the probably the main reasons? He was a man of faith. He had the faith to be able to go up against a giant who was heavily armored, who was probably ten times his size at bare minimum. This giant with a with no armor on and a sling. And destroy the giant. You know what? God likes that. God likes that old backbone like a cedar tree. Well, why did he have a backbone like a cedar tree? Didn't didn't he also he killed a, a lion and a bear too? Basically, with the, um, kind of with his bare hands. How did he have that kind of faith? It was faith in the Lord. It wasn't faith in David. David was, was in and of himself nothing special. But, spiritually, he was a giant. He had that faith to believe that through, that, that through the Lord, he could do great and mighty things. Like his great and mighty men of valor that defeated, that defeated a lot of these uh, giants that were in the land. And these formidable foes. Don't let this stuff intimidate you. Let it fire you up. Let it fire you up. The darker the battle, the Bible says where darkness is, grace there all may more abound. The, 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 the more the odds are against you, the more potential the Lord can have to actually have his name be glorified through you. Like in Gideon's army. Like this little army that, that, that ends up, you know, actually... Defeating, you know, this gigantic army. Well, God gets more glory that way. If the odds are like even, God doesn't get as much glory because man will want to heap it on himself. But when the odds are against you, and trust me, if you're a Bible-believing Christian that has a comprehension of what we're talking about, and you've separated yourself from all of this whorish stuff, wherefore come up from among her, be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I'll receive you. The Bible also says in Revelations, wherefore come up from among her, that ye be not partaker of her plagues. Who's her? The whorish church? Essentially the whore of Babylon? You want to come out of the whore of Babylon now. Why do you want to wait? Come out now. Lest ye be partakers of her plagues. How's God going to protect you if you're part of the problem? If you're not yielding to truth? Well, that's stubbornness. That's rebellion. And rebellion is, is the, the Bible says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. If you're hearing all this stuff and you're still, oh, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm apathetic, or I'm not going to do it. I'm stubborn. Bless God, I'm going to stay exactly what I'm going to do, and I'm not going to change a thing. Fine, you have that that alternative. God will give you, God gives you free will. He won't kick the door down to your heart. Remember, Jesus said in Revelation uh, three, he says, "Behold, I stand at the door and knock." He's not going to kick the door down to your heart. Uh, but you know, if you if you're being if you're being shown this stuff, you uh, you you need to really uh, think twice. You know, search this stuff out. See see what you find out. I think you're going to find out total confirmation. And you need to act on it. You don't need to just seek it out, act on it, or, or seek it out and do nothing. You need to act on it. And you also, at that point, have a responsibility to help others. The Bible says, do unto others as you'd have done unto yourself. Well, do you want all these other people that are also deluded Christians? Like you may have been yourself at one time. Do you want all them? To stay deluded and ultimately probably to end up going to hell. Now again, as the Spirit leads, let Him lead you. 
Okay, but I'm saying, I mean, the Bible says if the watchman see the sword coming to the city and he warn not the people, his blood will I require at their hands. Where does it say that? Ezekiel 3 and Ezekiel 33. There's a spiritual principle there. If we know truth and we just sit on our hands and do nothing with it and just want to protect our little selves, again, that's the fear of man. God's not in that. That's why I do what I do. I'm trying to get the word out on this stuff. That we can take action. Primarily spiritual action. And then whatever the Lord op, uh, inspires you to do physically uh, to prepare for the times that are coming, do that as well. Pray. Pray that you be accounted worthy to escape all the things that are coming on the earth. The Bible also says, to whom much is given, much is required. So, as I tell you these things, since I've been shown a lot, there's much that's required of me. I'm compelled and forced to do this. Partly out of fear of God, to be quite honest with you. Sure enough, fear of man motivated me to do this. In fact, that's the exact opposite. The fear of man would motivate me to keep my mouth shut. But, I want to fear the Lord more than I do man. So although they may burn my body or do whatever they want to, of course, they're going to have to get permission from the Lord Jesus Christ to do that. <laughs> See, this is why I just don't lay down and say, oh yeah, I'm just going to bless God, I'm going to die a martyr's death. I don't know. Who knows what the Lord may, may, may do through the body of Christ. If there's only a very small remnant that he can work through in these, in these times that we're moving into of lying signs and wonders, and the greatest deception the world's ever known, and probably the greatest mass slaughter the world's ever known, don't you think that he's going to use that remnant mightily? If they're going to be faithful to him? I think the Lord can do amazing, unbelievable things through that remnant. I think the Pentecostals are trying to do this, but their, their zeal is much misguided. You know, with the healings and all this other stuff. I'm, I'm not saying God's not capable of that. Come on, he created the universe. The sun burns, the, 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 all the stars in the sky, the, the, the air in the atmosphere... Everything is, the Bible says, all things were made by Him, Jesus Christ, and without Him was not anything made that was made, John 1. So He's perfectly capable of creating us or bringing us out of, of temptation or protecting us in these types of things. And in, and in that result, you should take encouragement in that and not get all down about this type of information. The Bible said it was going to happen. It's just purely confirmation of what the Bible already said was going to happen. So in a way, that should strengthen, strengthen your faith. So, pastors were told that they would be backed up by law enforcement in controlling uncooperative individuals. And that they would even lead SWAT teams into attempting to quell resistance. Oh, wow. That's exactly what they did to Pastor Dixon in his church. Came in with SWAT teams, basically carried everybody out of the church, then bulldozed the church. Largest independent, fundamental, King James-only Baptist church in America... Indianapolis Baptist Temple, and they've already done it. Uh, get the book, they tore the, the old lighthouse down. Uh, I think you can get it through unregisteredbaptistfellowship.com. Unregisteredbaptistfellowship.com. Now there's going to be an attachment with this teaching where I believe you'll be able to go to that site. You can, you can click on the link there. And, and they also have a PowerPoint presentation on this whole dilemma with the 501c3 churches and where it's put us. And I would highly recommend going through the PowerPoint presentation as well, and this, this PDF format file that is, a, is going to be attached with this sermon, with this teaching. <clears throat> so going back to this, it says, though some doubted the accuracy of this report at the time, due to its fundamentally disturbing 
implications. The story has now been confirmed by KSLA 12 News Report, in which participating clergy officials admit to the existence of such a program. This, uh, now, you can go up there and watch, uh, the, it's called the Clergy Response Team video. It's on YouTube. Uh, if you want to find this, you uh, could go up to the internet and, and type in clergy response team in quotes. That'll make, the, that'll make the search much more specific. And I have a lot of people asking me about a lot of things on this or that issue. And you can go up on the internet and research this stuff on your own as well. Okay, Just don't take my word for it. But clergy response team, and it's on YouTube, you can watch it. Such clergy response teams would walk a tightrope during martial law between the demands of government on one side versus the wishes of the public on the other. In a lot of cases, these clergy would already be known in neighborhoods in which they're helping to defuse the situation. Assured Sandy Davis, he serves as the director of the Cato Boisier Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness. For the clergy team, one of the biggest tools that they will have in helping calm the public down or to obey the law is the Bible itself, specifically Romans 13. Dr. Tuberville elaborated, because the government established by the Lord, you know, and that's what we believe in the Christian faith, that's what we state in Scripture, I already said that before, but this is another article stating the same thing. Um... This is from this, this original news report from KSLA. Could martial law ever become reality in America? Some fear any nuclear, biological, or chemical attack on the U.S. soil might trigger that just that. Oh, it will. The legislation's already there. KSLA News 12 has discovered that clergy would help the government with potentially their biggest problem, us. Charlton Heston's now famous speech before the National Rifle Association convention in 2000 will forever be remembered as a stirring moment for all Second Amendment advocates. At the end of the remarks, Heston held up his antique rifle and told the crowd in his Moses-like voice, because he played Moses in Ten Commandments, he said, over my cold, dead hands. In other words, you're not going to get this weapon unless you pry it from my cold, dead hands. While Heston was serving as the NRA president, made those remarks in response to calls for more gun control laws at the time, those words live on. Heston's declaration captured a truly American value, an overarching desire to protect our freedoms. So there you have it. Homeland Security are working with the local police departments and religious leaders to prepare for the declaration of martial law in preparation, and in particular developing techniques which they will employ during the crisis to quell dissent. Phony Christian leaders are brainwashing their congregations to accept the premise that a totalitarian police state is of the Lord. And that they should get on their knees and lick jackboots while the roundups take place as citizens are pro processed into quarantine zones and detention camps by National Guard and U.S. troops returning from Iraq. And again, this is a little different take on this thing. But I think it's pretty accurate as well. Where, where do we draw the line here? The precedent for mass gun confiscation and martial law in times of real or manufactured emergency was set during Hurricane Katrina. <clears throat> When police and National Guard patrols forced homeowners, even in areas unaffected by the hurricane, to hand over their legally owned firearms at gunpoint. We're going to look at this more. Now, in this particular article, you can click on a whole bunch of links, and it will take you to, to these links, so you can actually see for yourself. This is a clear precursor for imminent declaration of the state of emergency, a scenario that President Bush codified in his recent presidential decision directive on May 9th which states that in, any, in the event of any catastrophic event, 
the president can take control over the, co- the government and the country, bypassing all other levels of government at state, federal, local, territorial, tribal levels, and thus ensuring total unprecedented dictatorial power. This from the greatest dictator president we've ever known in, in America. And now he has the absolute 100% carte blanche control to bypass every single law, state, federal, local, territorial, tribal. That's, that's who I want the, the control of everything in his hands. You think we as Christians might should be praying about some of this? Should we be praying, oh, bless Pastor, bless President Bush in all his efforts as he's a good, godly man, a Christian. The Bible says, by their fruits you shall know them. This is one of the most evil men that have, that have ever walked the earth. He's no born-again Christian. Give me a break. If Satan comes to you as, as an angel of light and says, I'm a born-again Christian, does that mean you believe him? All these lying, deceiving prosperity preachers, they say they're born-again Christians too. So what? Words mean nothing. I mean, yes, by your words you'll be justified and you'll also be condemned. But as far as words, you can say anything you want to say. It doesn't mean anything. You could be an absolute devil in wolf in sheep's clothing and say all these nice, flowery words and it doesn't mean a thing. I was watching this show on this, uh, this called Jesus Camp the other day, and they actually had a, a, a huge, gigantic cardboard cutout where they brought before this Pentecostal church, and they were all stretching their hands toward this presidential cutout of George Bush with a big flag draped behind it, and basically worshipping him. Bless George Bush. And all that. Why aren't you praying that the fear of God fall on this man like a thick cloud, and then he repent and get right with God, and stop launching us toward this totalitarian police state. It's not going to happen. They revere this guy like a god. And it's an abomination in the sight of God is what it is. The scope of the program is so secretive that even Homeland Security Committee member and Congressman Peter DeFazo was denied access to view the classified portion of these documents. These are the documents that we just talked about that he enacted. Now this is from the actual... Here's another, here's another take. This is from the actual... Um, this is from World Daily Net. Their article, Clergy Used to Quell Dissent. Uh, I'm just going to hit the high points here. We've already talked about that. The clergy are being advised to use Roman 13 to encourage parishioners to submit to the sudden and massive expansion of government control that takes place during martial law. See, the pulpits of these 501c3 churches are just going to be um, the launching pad in the, in the, in the uh, propaganda um, the propaganda announcing announcement launching pad for the government's programs. That's, that's all the pulpits are going to become. World, Day, World Daily Net already, ha, already has a documented a series of executive orders by the president that so far give the government broad new powers to address private property if it's related to any one of these several issues. All of which are, all of which are foreign so far. One recent order, for example, gives Bush the power to freeze the assets of people who threaten Iraq's stability. A former Reagan administration official says the wording is so broad, it could be applied to any domestic opponent of the Iraq war who has assets in the United States. What does that mean? That means that if you speak out against the Iraqi war, remember Bush said you're either for us or against us, you're either for the terrorists or against us. 
So basically what he's saying is that unless we cow down and go against go with every single thing the government's saying, that would that could be considered destabilizing the Iraqi thing, and they can come in and take all your assets away. So if I was you and you had a lot of assets, you know what? I'd get rid of them. I'd sell, if you can sell. Real estate market's so bad right now, I mean, you can just about not even give it away. What I'm telling you is if you have a lot of assets right now that they can target and attach, you're going to become a big, gigantic target. Make yourself as small of a target as you can. I mean this. You need to make yourself as small of a target as you can. Why, why go out there and be a billboard to the government? Because trust me, if you're into this type of information and you're embracing this type of information, you're most likely already on one of their lists. How can God hide you in the day of wickedness when you have all your hope, let's say, in the assets that you have? This is why this is so hard for a lot of people to come to grips with. Because they have all their hope in this world. Even as Christians, they have all their hope in their, their uh, three-bedroom, two-bath, or, or four-bedroom, three-bath house, two cars, two-car garage, boat, all the toys. Oh, no, this just, I can't, I can't accept that this could all be coming to an end. Give me a break. Get a, get a life. What did the martyrs have to endure? What did Jesus Christ have to endure? Our example, our ultimate example. What did the apostles... Oh, they basically had to lose everything. Jesus Christ didn't even have a place... The Bible says the Son of Man has no place to even lay his head. And yet you have these prosperity preachers running around saying, Oh, Jesus was walking in big money. Judas had the bag. Give me a break. It was never about money. But that's all the ministries today are about. Money. Writing off on your taxes. Going along with the government. Being good little soldiers. And yet these people think they do God's service. And there's a spiritual aspect to this that they're not seeing. They're being deluded, deceived, lied to, blinded. And they don't even know it. Just like, just like Revelation 3. Just something to think about. These are all things that you're going to need to think about. And if I should do it now... I think there are certain preparations you should make, and you're going to see in this PowerPoint presentation I'm going to be putting up there, uh, that I'll be speaking on, you're going to see a lot of, I'm going to, I, what I try to do, I just give you this stuff. I'm not charging people for any of this. You can go up to a lot of ministries, and they're going to charge you big money for all this information that I'm putting out. I'm not going to do that. I don't feel compelled to do that. I don't think we as Christians should ration the bullets in time of war. And so many of these ministries has copyright restrictions and all these things, and it's like, oh, okay, so you're telling me God inspired you to copyright everything that you're doing and all of these other things. I, I just, I can't see it from a biblical standpoint. The Bible says, Jesus says, free, uh, or, or um, where it talks about in the Bible, it says, freely have you received, freely give. If you have it, give it. But I don't see a whole lot of that going on. I still, in, in, in a lot of these good ministries that are putting out good truth, there's still all of this money motivation that I see. And most of them, unfortunately, are some type of corporate entity as well. You know, I mean, I just, I, I really think that that's very, very, very dangerous. Because if you were created as a corporate entity and they gave you your right to existence, they can take away that right. 
It's like the Bible says about, can, can the clay say to the potter, you have no power over me? Well, if they were your potter, if they created you, just like a 501c3 church, how can you go to the potter and say, you know, you have no right over me? <laughs> they created you. They gave you your corporate existence. As a ministry. You're telling me that's not going to affect you? On a spiritual level? I pray, I pray we all have our eyes opened to this. It'd be kind of interesting if we could see into the spirit world for a day. We'd probably all go insane. Seeing the evil. If we could actually see it. Oh, now you're getting a little bit too Pentecostal for me over here. Bless God. Well, again, the Bible says we battle not against flesh and blood. Where's our true battle at? Well, yeah, but... Hey, bless God. We just... Yeah, yeah. So... These are just things to think about. Now, this next article, I put out a long time ago, and this is part of this, all this attachments that I'll be putting in the PDF format with this sermon. Now, what I'm doing with the PDF format is I'm grouping all of this together in one teaching. It's called Satan's Master Plan to Destroy the Church. I'm not just going to be citing these articles. These articles are going to be part of the PDF file. But you need to understand this concept in its totality to truly understand why this is so dangerous. The corporate church, the 501c3, why it's so dangerous, okay? How long they're going to let me keep preaching this? I don't know. But uh, that's up to the Lord. That's up to the Lord. This article is entitled, Faith-Based 501c3 Churches Are Now Part of Homeland Security. This is an executive order. Executive order, you can go up to whitehouse.gov, and in this thing I'll, I'll give you the link, you can go right to the exact page that I'm going to be reading from, from whitehouse.gov, from this executive order. Executive order, responsibilities of the Department of Homeland Security with respect to faith-based and community initiatives. By the authority of me, as president, of, president by the Constitution, which he's basically burned, you know, you know what you know what Bush said about the Constitution? He said it's nothing more than a GD piece of paper. Exact quote. That's what he said about the Constitution. That's what Bush thinks about it. By authority vested in me as president by the Constitution in the laws of the United States of America, and in order to help federal government coordinate a national effort to expand opportunities for faith based and other community organizations, and to strengthen their capacity to better meet America's social and community needs, it is hereby ordered as follows. Section 1. Establishment of a center of faith-based and community initiatives at the Homeland, at the Department of Homeland Security. Part A. Security of home, the Secretary of Homeland Security shall establish within the Department of Homeland Security a center for faith-based and community initiatives. All this is basically saying is the 501c3s are going to be basically part of Homeland Security. Okay? Now again, this this is legal ease we're talking about here. This is this is stuff if you read it, it can be confusing. Because it's it's written in language to confuse. Lawyer language. You know? Rep Responsibilities of the Center, this is Section 3, Responsibilities of the Center for Faith-Based and Community Initiatives in carrying out the purpose set forth in Section 2 of this order shall, in order, the Center shall coordinate a comprehensive departmental effort to incorporate faith-based and other community organizations in Department of Homeland Security programs and initiatives to the greatest extent possible. That means they're going to try to get the church involved in Homeland Security 
501c3 church to the greatest extent possible. Hey, the government and the IRS created these, these entities. Now it's time for Caesar to call in his chips. That's all this is. Signed by George W. Bush, the White House. Now this was another article that, that, I, that is within this that appeared in um, May 24th of 2006. So this was over a year ago. This was, an, this was also from um, Prison Planet. It was entitled, Secret FEMA Plan to Use Pastors as Pacifiers in Preparation for Martial Law. Nationwide Initiative trains volunteers to teach congregations to obey the government during seizure of guns, property, forced inoculations, and forced relocations. A pastor has come forward to blow the whistle on a nationwide... And again, I have all the links here. You can just click into these and read the whole article with all the links with it. A pastor has come forward to blow the whistle on a nationwide FEMA program. Now remember, this was over a year ago which is training pastors and other religious representatives to become a secret police enforcers to teach their congregations to obey the government in preparation for declaration of martial law, property and firearm seizures, and forced relocation and forced inoculations. In March of this year, the pastor, who we, who we shall refer to as Pastor Revere, was invited to attend a meeting of his local FEMA chapter. FEMA. Um, flood mud. Federal Emergency Management Association or whatever. So this pastor was invited to, to attend a local chapter which circulated around preparedness for a potential bioterrorist attack, any natural disaster, or a nationally declared emergency. The FEMA directors told the pastors that attended that it was their job to help implement FEMA and Homeland Security directives in, t in anticipation of any of these eventualities. Oh, that doesn't contradict the Bible at all. Thou shalt incorporate thy church... And thou shalt work with the government to implement its draconian agendas. Regardless of if it goes against the Bible, because all government is of God. Show me that in the Bible. But that's basically how they're acting. The first directive was for pastors to preach the congregations, Romans 13. And often taken out of context Bible verse that was used by Hitler to hoodwink Christians and supporting him in order to teach them to obey the government when martial law is declared. It was related to pastors that quarantines, martial law, forced relocation were a problem for state authorities. Some of this is redundant on the last article. We have received confirmation from other preachers and pastors that this program is a nationwide initiative and a literal Soviet model where the churches are being systematically infiltrated by government volunteers and used as conduits for martial law training and conditioning. The pastor was told over 1,300 counties were already on board. 1,300 counties? That was last way, I mean, a year and, you know, four or five months ago. It falls under the umbrella of the NOVAD program, which is training volunteers in a peer-to-peer -peer program in a neighborhood setting. Pastors were told that they would be backed up by law enforcement and controlling uncooperative individuals. We get the picture that we're going to be standing at the end of some farmer's lane while he's standing there with his double barrel, saying we have to confiscate your cows, your chickens, and your firearms, said Pastor Revere. The pastor elaborated on how the directives were being smokescreen by an Orwellian alteration of their names. They're not using the term quarantine. This is the term they're, they're going to... No, they're not using the term quarantine. What The term they're going to use instead of quarantine is called social distancing. Oh, well, isn't that politically correct? Doesn't that sound special? This is what the government has been doing for years and years and years. They, they continually give... Evil, evil things, nicer sounding names. 
So it's, it's, it's more politically correct. We won't wound our inner child that way. You know, we, we don't want to do that. So it's social distancing. And if you don't like one, and if you don't like one, that one said the pastor, uh, oh no, he says, don't you like that one? Social distancing. He also highlighted how detention camps have been renamed to give them a friendly, warming, warm veneer. Three months ago, it was called quarantine and relocation camps. And now it's called community centers. Oh, well, do we all sit around and shoot hoops, maybe? Maybe play a little softball game, have a little barbecue around the bob wire, around the jack boots, around the gas chambers. Ah, the guillotines, the guillotines. Yeah, the showers, the, the gas showers. Hmm, isn't that special? So going back to this, um, so yeah, they're going to be called community centers now. I'm sure that they'll they'll be good at doing their their little big brother rehabilitation in the community centers. You know, you can get a little bit of that, the kinder, gentler stuff. I'm sure. Um, these community centers can also be activated at local schools. Pastor Revere outlined the plan to carry out mass vaccination. And enforce drugging programs. Now, many of these, probably all these vaccinations, like many of the vaccinations that are out there, at least 13, are cultured from aborted babies. That's the growing medium that they use to grow them at. So I'm sure that that couldn't be affecting them in any spiritual way when you inject a vaccination that's cultured off an aborted baby. And if you doubt this, just go to a PDR, physician's, physician's desk reference, and look up some of these vaccines, and you'll see that many of them are cultured from human diploid cells. That's a nice way of saying an aborted baby. So, yeah, anyway, that's a whole other rabbit trail. You'll see more of that in my presentation on PowerPoint. Um, and I should say, it's a PowerPoint presentation, but it's going to be on a PDF. Okay. Pastor Revere outlined the plan to carry out all these things. In the event of an outbreak or a bioterrorist attack, there will be a mass vaccination. They will have a program nationwide. Pills in people's palms in 48 hours. Well, isn't that nice and politically sounding? I might start to wax poetic. It's getting so flowery in here. Pills in people's palms. Maybe you could get your palm red there too as well. I don't know. Get your little new age thing going. Said the pastor who was, who was told that Walmart has been designated as the central outlet of this procedure. A Walmart. It's like the big brother extension of, of you know into the uh, retail area. Yeah, so it's coming to a theater in a year, pills to people's palms. Pastor Revere said that many attendees believed in the necessity of the program and were completely unaware of the motivations behind its true purpose and were offered incentives. Oh, me! I can hear the clinkety-clank of the change and the money. And were offered incentives to become volunteers, such as preferential treatment. Mmm, membership has its privileges, remember. Preferential treatment. Maybe they'll get to go first into the gas chambers. Or maybe they can go last. I don't know. They probably won't go at all, because they're going to be going along. They're going to be used as useful idiots. But ultimately, they're all going to burn in hell for eternity. So what kind of trade-off is that? See, no matter what I talk about this day, compare it to the lake of fire for eternity. There is no comparison. That's why the Bible talks about the suffering in this present world is not to be compared with the glory that will waste that would await a born-again Christian. It's not to be compared. So, 
yes, they, they could get preferential treatment and first access for themselves to all the goodies. Maybe they, get, they can get the vaccinations first, yeah. And their families to vaccines, uh, yeah, I was right, and to food shipments in times of emergency. Because, see, we need to rely on Big Brother when it gets real bad, because that's their responsibility. Sure it is. They're supposed to take care of us, right? Children, isn't that what they're supposed to do, Big Brother? We need to cow down to them. We need to go along with the party line. Come on. Let's be politically correct. Why can't we all just get along? Us, us, just, you know, oh, us radical born-again Christians, we're just stinking troublemakers. We just don't see the big picture, evidently. Which roads to close off after martial law was declared had also been already mapped out. So they're going to close off the roads. It's going to be checkpoints. Your papers, please. The precedent for mass gun confiscation in times of real or manufactured emergency was set during Hurricane Katrina when police and National Guard patrols forced homeowners, even in areas unaffected by the hurricane, to hand over their, their legally owned firearms at gunpoint, as detailed in the video. You can go up and watch them doing this on this video. In the following video, Alex Jones exposes FEMA's deliberate sabotage of Hurricane Katrina relief efforts which were used as a platform for the best test of forced relocation and gun confiscation. See, they see they created so much of the chaos, a government created so much of the chaos within Hurricane Katrina, so that they would have the excuse to go in and take away the guns and relocate people and all this other stuff. So what happened? Alex Jones' uh, 2001 documentary, The Road to Tyranny, featured footage from a FEMA symposium given to firefighters and other emergency personnel in Kansas City in which it was stated that the founding fathers, Christians, and homeschoolers were terrorists and should be treated with the utmost suspicion and brutality in times of national emergency. Oh, that sounds fair. Yeah, but just remember, you need to go along with the government no matter what they say. Because they have our best interests at heart. Even though they view us with the utmost suspicion... And, we, and they view us to be treated with, with the utmost brutality in times of national emergency. All you wicked, you know, people that would believe in the Constitution and Christians and homeschoolers were just terrorists. There's an FBI brochure that they put out that basically said the same thing. We have highlighted previous training manuals issued by state and federal government bodies which identify whole swaths of the population as potential terrorists. A Texas Department of Public Safety criminal law enforcement pamphlet gives the public characteristics to identify terrorists that include buying baby formula, beer, wearing Levi's jeans, carrying, identifi carrying identifying documents like driver's licenses, and traveling with women or children. I don't know where they're getting this. I mean, that's beyond asinine. But a Virginia training manual used to help state employees recognize terrorists list anti-government and property rights activists as terrorists and includes binoculars, video cameras, pads and notebooks in a, in a compendium of terrorist tools. Oh boy, you know, binoculars, video cameras, notebook pads, that sounds pretty evil to me. I wouldn't trust them any far and I could throw them. They really got their heads screwed on straight. Shortly after 9-11, a Phoenix FBI manual was disseminated amongst federal employees at the end of the Clinton term, caused waves of internet 
waves on the internet after it was revealed that potential terrorists included, quote, defenders of the U.S. Constitution against federal government and the United Nations, and any, and any individuals who make numerous references to the U.S. Constitution and the Bible. Lawyers everywhere cowered in fear at being shipped off to Gitmo. That's Guantanamo Bay. In December of 2003, the FBI warned Americans nationwide to be on the lookout for people reading almanacs, as this could indicate an act of terrorism in planning. Ooh. Wow. Almanacs are popular glove box inventory in any vehicle, and this ludicrous fear-mongering was met with a raucous response from satirists and news commentators. In another Twilight Zone Nazi-like spectacle, pastors were asked to make a pledge or an affirmation during the meeting to fulfill their roles ascribed to them by FEMA. They were given full assurances that they could be covered by full compensation in the event of resistors in the event of the resistors injuring them during property seizures and rounds of... Okay, <laughs> let me read this again. They were given full assurances that they would be covered by full compensation. What does this mean? Like if they have to take a slug in the face, they get, you know, 10 grand for that? If somebody in, in their congregation finally wakes up and bows up to this guy, slaps the pastor, I'm not advising that, I'm just saying. <laughs> that, that in that event, they would, they would be, get full compensation if they were injured during... Property seizures or roundups. Yeah, I'm sure God's God's inspiring these pastors to, to you know tell the old congregation, you know, you got to get the old property seized. Yeah, if the government says so, it just it must be of God because all governments of God, right? According to Romans 13, we're going to talk about that next. Pastor said that his country had already succumbed to a tattletale-like mentality, where neighbors were reporting neighbors to their authorities for having chickens in their backyard. The brown shirt precedent has been set thereby people immediately turn to authorities in fear in in philality whenever in, in reality whenever their paranoid suspicions fueled by zealous government and fear mongering are heightened. See, big brothers everyone, they're gonna to want to use the people as the primary tool to turn you in. That's exactly what's what's happening. They they already have it set up in these this these dare programs that they have in the schools with the big lion. Well, that's all that is. All that is, is is teaching our kids to be little little narcs. Little, I mean, little good little Nazi tattletales. And they can report you as a parent. And you can have your child taken away if they report you. And if they're in the public school system right now, that's what they're being indoctrinated into. Not to mention Darwinism and homosexuality and, and all this other abomination. You know, passing out condoms in high schools and stuff now. It's just unbelievable. It's almost like we are in the twilight zone. And this is Sodom and Gomorrah. And this is as it was in the days of Noah, just as Jesus said it was going to be. Where only wickedness was continually in people's minds. That's all we're in right now. One big self-centered, satanic mess. But Jesus Christ is on the throne. And he's coming back, and you know what? He wins. And if we're on his side, we win. Pastor Revere said the completion of the first stage of the program was slated for August 31st. Now that was last year. Almost to the day. At this point, all the countries within the United States would be networked as part of a so-called disaster relief program. We issue a challenge to all of our readers to print off this article and and supporting documents, which you can print them all off, and confront their local preacher with it. 
If they don't receive a response within a week, they should investigate further into whether their preacher is involved and hand out information to other members of the congregation. Yeah, most of the time you do this stuff and they just ignore you. Oh, bless God, that brother, he's just a... You know, he's... He just needs to get his head screwed on straight. That's what they, they told about me at the local churches. I, he's a good man, just needs to get his head screwed on straight. Uh, I, I think if the truth be known, they don't call me a good man. They, they call me a devil, probably. Whatever. My life is not a popularity contest. Call me whatever you will, but use the Bible to prove it and disprove what I'm telling you. I, the facts are on my side. I'm sorry. You think I want it to be this way? I would rather it not be this way, quite honestly. But it's the way it is. It's what we've been handed and it's what the Bible predicted. We are going to go to part three now where we're going to talk about Romans 13. And so God bless you and we'll go to part three.